Hi, I'm Erin Bagwell. And I'm Diana Matthews. Welcome to Beaver Talk, the podcast where we give Hollywood unsolicited advice about feminism. In our world, Laura Dern gives us permission to fight the empire in an evening gown. Margot Robbie doesn't have to talk about her marriage at a press conference. And Maxine Waters' Twitter account continues to teach us how to live our lives. Join us as we deep dive into all the things that fire us up about film and television. The glorious, the misogynistic, and the groundbreaking. This is Beaver Talk. Hello. Hello, hello. How's it going? It's great. How are you? <laughs> doing great. Doing good. Doing great. How's I? Uh, you have a lot of notes on that piece of paper in front of you. I do. A lot of little scratches over there. You know, I try to do my homework. What's up with you and Coca-Cola? What do you want to know? Well, okay. So <laughs> to give everyone a visual of Erin Bagwell right now, she's wearing a toque. Um, what is a toque? Oh, God. It's a hat. I do this every time. Oh, boy. It's like a beanie. Okay. Um, I look like Justin Bobby right now. Oh, my God. <laughs> Remember old, you used to wear those hats? sweater, band t-shirt, hat. Yeah, you've got it all going on over there. Yep. Um, she also has a Coke, a can of Coke sitting in front of her with a straw. She has a half-eaten plain bagel with nothing on it. She has a coffee <laughs> and she has a bottle of water. You know... You've really shown up this morning. I am a Taurus. I'm a material person. It takes a lot of a lot of structure, a lot of space, a lot of creating the magic here. This doesn't just happen, Diana. Yeah, yeah, you get need comfortable. I need a lot of, I need a lot of Actually, <laughs> this is embarrassing, but I brought slippers because I like to sit cross-legged and I can't sit cross-legged with, with these with Doc Martens. So I actually brought, I'm not kidding, I'll show them to you. She's bringing out the slippers, ladies and gentlemen. I brought some Uggs. Wow. That I was going to slip into. And then I never did. Why didn't you slip but into But this your is slippers? who I am. <laughs> I also have a present for you in here. What? Yeah. Oh my gosh. A little bubble wrapped package is on the table. Well, mm -hmm. thank you for that. You can open it. Right, right here live. Yeah, on, let's do it. Live on television. What are we doing? <laughs> what was it that we make here? Oh my gosh. Do you hear this? Do you hear the bubble wrap? What is it? What is it? What is it? What is it? It's oh my god. Oh my god, is this from Egypt? Yep. <gasps> it's a little cat. It's a little blue cat. It's oh like god. the shape of them. Uh they they were kind of like like a hieroglyphic. Yeah, absolutely. It's like a hand um carved hieroglyphic oh my that I found god. at this um beautiful craftsman store. It's like store. a totem. Yeah. <gasps> Thank you, Erin. You're welcome. I brought nothing for you but good Thanks vibes. Thanks for watching uh, the world while I was gone. Happy to watch it. We missed you. Thanks. Um, you want to share something with our listeners about friends and Tajikistan? So <laughs> I know you guys know how I feel about friends. But I will say, what a phenomenon it is. I couldn't stop running into it overseas. Shocking, I, <laughs> I know. I saw t-shirts with friends on it. I saw a collection in the American corner in Tajikistan in like the middle of nowhere. There was like a box set of the DVDs for people to consume. I like couldn't stop running into it. If you go to my Facebook page um, in my photo album, I show some friends memorabilia for people. <laughs> Did you talk to anybody about it? Did you make any references? I didn't. And I won't. All right. <laughs> it's a sign. It's a sign that friends was meant to be a part of your life for some reason. I guess so. 
Oh my gosh. Um, I'm excited about today's episode because I feel like we don't, I feel like we, we truly just like really enjoyed the movie we're about to talk about. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't happen for you and I very often. We're very highly critical media people. I don't even think we're that critical. I mean, look at the garbage I watch on television. <laughs> I mean, a lot of, I mean, yeah. But we do, in, but we do like reflect on it and we do like to Have kind opinions. of pull things apart and bring That's it back true. together. So yeah. um, you and I went to see I, Tonya together at the Angelica Film Center mm-hmm. at, starring Margot Robbie and I loved it. Yeah, I did too. Actually, as you said that, I thought of another show that I wanted to talk to you about, <laughs> 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 which is totally segueing away from diving in but it's great we have, have a little seen, bit of a loop. it's have, the cat totem she's thrown us off she has have you seen the crown did you watch the second season yeah of the no, crown? i haven't watched the second season but i love the first season i will say i feel like if you watch it i will watch it you need to think of it as one long movie ah uh, that it doesn't I love when tv shows do this okay it doesn't there's only one episode that feels like it's start to finish is a complete bubble and mm-hmm. it has to do with her sister. Mm. And I felt like watching it, I was so not confused, but there was something a little bit weird about the pacing. And I was like, oh, they wanted this to be a 12 hour movie. Um, and I feel like if I had known that information up front, I, it would have served me better because it's a weird, it's a little bit dark this season, I will say. Good. And I needed to go there. <sighs> I'm really happy that I'm, you're not the first person that's told me it's like a little bit more. Mm-hmm. under the surface yeah and we all need to get there with totally. talking about these people also i just want to bring up one other show <laughs> that we can dive into the real movie um have you haven't seen orphan black right oh my god Would have you, you seen it about orphan black isn't it so good um it's amazing it's a canadian production is it not it is um, so it was on a nights when i had dance okay and i missed how it. long has it been out for a, a while, while, right? A while. Orphan Black's been a thing for a long time. I feel like it's always been in circles. I've always avoided it. I was like, I don't know what this is. I don't want to deal with it. And I was at a place where I was like, I need a show. Mm-hmm. And I got into it. And I was like, wow. Wow. Love. And the woman who is the lead, the amount of, um, I hope she's getting like six salaries because she plays six different people. And sometimes in scenes with herself can promise you she's not getting six salaries. She is one of the highest paid um, TV actresses. She doesn't make more than Carrie Washington. I looked it up. How much is Carrie Washington making these days? She's doing great. That's incredible. As she should be. I mean, that's a... Okay. (laughs) All right. No, no. I love her. I just don't love that show. I feel like, though, how many white people get to make, like, mediocre television... Oh, yeah, absolutely. Most of television is mediocre at best. (laughs) I just like let's I think we need to cut scandals a break. It's been on for like 100 seasons. This is the last one. Okay, it's great. Back to I, Tanya. (laughs) (laughs) So I just Um, wanted to get that in. Sorry. I'm not sure anybody wants us to talk about I, Tanya at this point, but we're going to. Yes, we are. Because there's so much greatness to talk about. You're right. We did really enjoy it. We saw it yesterday. So how much did you know about Tanya Harding before we went into this movie? Uh, I feel like I thought I knew a lot, but um, I don't think I actually did. And we were so young, I think, when it actually happened. But I remember, like the O.J. Simpson trials, like knowing about it happening and not really knowing or comprehending. Mm -hmm. How about you? I didn't know anything about her except for the name Mm -hmm. and Nancy Kerrigan. Yeah. 
and that it was figure skating. Mm-hmm. And um, when I, it's so funny because I, I saw the trailer for it and I was like, oh my God, I'll hail Margot Robbie. Like I was like, she's wow. incredible. Yes. Um, I told my mom, because I remember my mom kind of talking about it, referencing it mm-hmm. at some point in my upbringing. So I told her they made a movie about it. And she's like, oh, good. They won't have to make anything up because that, <laughs> that story is literally meant for Hollywood. Yeah. Um, well, so I was really excited that I saw we saw it, too, because he's seen the documentary, which I guess ESPN did a phenomenal documentary all about it. Wow. So that's something we can do a deep dive in later. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I feel like I think the interesting thing about the story is it cuts across. I mean, as all really famous thing, like really famous events and people do Mm -hmm. it cuts across so many different lines like i'm shocked at just the amount of people i've told about the film since then which i mean we saw yesterday so not a huge amount of people but everyone has an experience with it it is like the oj trial which i love at the end of this film they start into that to reference yeah i thought the biggest um i I think to your point is like some of these stories you can't make up and even at the end of the film when they actually show clips of specifically that one doofus yeah who has orchestrated in his brain that he's a bodyguard he's an international spy (laughs) i was like is this dude for real and then we saw him in real life and it was like yeah actually he was he is this is like something that actually he said and did and that happened and that was baffling to me yeah so to give everybody context before we like kind of start at the end of the film and move backwards which is kind of what i want to do with this to be honest um the story of Itania is the story of Tanya Harding, who is mm-hmm. an incredible Olympic figure skater. She was the best, second best in the world at the height of her game. Mm-hmm. Um, and the most second most famous person in the world behind Bill Clinton because of an incident involving one of her competitors, Nancy Kerrigan, whose knee got bashed in um, by a guy that Tanya Harding's husband had hired. There's a, there's, it's a complicated drop-down menu story, but the, the film I, Tanya basically follows her rise to success and fame mm-hmm. in the figure skating community. Um, and then what they call the incident, which is where Nancy Kerrigan's knee gets blown out. And it ends in Tanya Harding being completely banned from any figure skating for the rest of her life. Yeah, and I think one of the most interesting things about it was the conversation around what it feels like to be an outsider um, who's one of the most powerful people inside the sport. That was really interesting, kind of, because she held this space of being, you know, unapologetic about being white trash and having come from, you know, a low-income family and just kind of so almost authentically embodied, just this is who she is. And even, you know, I was doing some research about the woman who staged um, Margot Robbie's choreography And like she describes Tanya Harding as being a bulldog. You know, she didn't do things gracefully. She didn't do things fluid. She hit a mark, hit a mark, hit a mark. She was an athlete. Um, And I think that was really interesting to kind of see the parallel of this really broken home that created this really incredible athlete. Um, One of my favorite things when I was doing some research was that the triple axel is one of the, she was the first or second woman to be able to do it in competition. It's it's one of the hardest, um, tri- I, trick is the trick the right word? It's like the hardest choreography. Um, and basically, they couldn't find anybody living right now that can actually do it. This is what we're working with here. Um, and they also shot the film during the figure skating champions. So a lot of the best athletes were taken out of the competition already. Um, and they couldn't, they actually had to CGI a double axle because they, nobody can do 
to this day, nobody can do this move. And I think, and that was something that Margot Robbie said that like, I don't think I ever really appreciated her talent until we were figuring out how we were going to shoot the triple axel in the film. Um, that like, this is, so this woman who clearly is one of the top athletes in this space, but was so hated by her own community and really fought, I think. Um, and I wish in the film, you know, they have that one scene where she's um, training in the mall. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I remember reading about that or knowing about that, about how weird that was that like she's so famous now that people were coming to her. And I I feel like there was a deleted scene there mm-hmm. to really set that up for us because we didn't really get to see a lot of the joy of the fame. Yeah. Um, because there was so much weird intensity with and so much of the plot, I think, in the middle was given to this. I don't even know what to call it. This heist, this communication with these idiots yeah. and just the men that just continue to like, as it was happening, I just, I felt like this is, this is 2017. This is our life is just being dragged in the mud by these men who are just idiots. That's how I felt. Yeah. I feel like the writing at the beginning, the writing in the first act is phenomenal mm-hmm. and it loses the plot a little bit. Cause it leaves Tanya. It, yeah. We're with her. We're on the journey with her we're almost seeing this entire film through her eyes. Um, and then when, you know, the whole thing with Nancy Kerrigan happens, we start seeing the film like through the husband. Mm-hmm, and like, mm-hmm. I don't want to see the film through the husband. I really, really wanted to stay with Tanya. They wrote an incredible character for her. Mm-hmm. Um, her Margot Robbie's portrayal is flawless. Yeah. I wish they would have showed more of her discomfort in being in both spaces. And yeah. I guess this is where they had to take some creative licensing. Cause we don't know who yeah. knows what at this point yeah. and everybody is speculating. Um, yeah. And going back to the triple axel, there's this, this, so a lot of the film is done through these interviews, um, with Tanya, the fake bodyguard and her ex-husband and her mom. Um, and Tanya talks about the triple axel and you just see Margot Robbie. She just does this beautiful thing where she kind of softens, you know, you see Tanya. So like, she's so hard. She's so competitive. She's so, she's almost like vicious. Yeah. Um, and she softens and she talks about what it was like to land the triple axel the first time she did it. Mm-hmm. And she kind of gets, she doesn't get like teary. You know, she never goes to that level of vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Um, but she does say, you know, I'm redneck and, and that's what I am and that's who I am. But I landed the triple axel and nobody, like basically nobody can take that away from me. Yeah. And nobody can touch me. And nobody can touch me. And she stops and she pauses and there's this kind of quiet moment. And she says, sorry. You know, she's kind of overwhelmed and she says, sorry, it's just that nobody asks me about that anymore. Mm -hmm. And it's like just so beautifully portrayed of like, I've had to talk about this bullshit with Nancy Kerrigan, obviously, Um, for time immemorial, I will never have to stop talking about this, apologizing for my husband, apologizing for all the people that led up to this point. Mm -hmm. But I also have this incredible achievement that nobody nobody gives me credit for. Yeah. For sure. I mean, her portrayal was phenomenal. Yeah. And I thought it really carried the film in such an organic way and such a believable way. And um, even, I guess, as they were doing voice training, like she tries to change her octaves, you know, per decade that she's portraying Tanya in, which is really interesting. And I guess they had to wear, um, I think there was 96 costume changes. Let me look it up here. Yeah, I mean, she had to shoot 236 scenes with 96 costume changes for the lead character. Can you even imagine? Yeah. So, like, she really, you know, in some days she'd have to shoot three decades of her. 
Um, so like the styling, the care that they gave to each decade, I thought was really, I mean, she did an amazing job. I thought the husband was a very, um, he was great too. Yeah. The abuse scenes are very hard to watch. You know what? They are. And I, I really, As they should be for, for what we're dealing with here. Yeah. Um, but it is, it's a vicious movie. And mm-hmm. if you don't, I mean, none of us do well with that type of violence for sure. Yeah. Um, they're hard to watch. And it's almost harder because there's a comedy element to them where they're sometimes they're speaking to the camera. Sometimes they're naming things. Sometimes, they're very tongue in cheek. Yeah. And which almost makes it, I don't know, worse, better. I don't know. I think it just is what it is. It was very I think heavy. That that's one of the messages of the film is that like, this is what it was. Mm-hmm. And like, we're not here to like make a moral judgment on these people it's like this is literally what they were doing totally which i think there's a certain i have a certain respect for that yeah well steven rogers who is the um the writer the screenwriter said that they called the movie i tanya because it was kind of a rift off of um you know when you swear to tell the truth the whole Mm -hmm. truth nothing about the truth like that you know it's a declaration yeah so that was kind of their mantra of the film was we're taking all these pieces of truth and we're kind of laying out a story as we see you know it to be so yeah i love that i also read that margot robbie did not meet tanya harding before shooting the film because she needed to be 100 percent on her side in order to portray her realistically so she couldn't meet her. And she said, I didn't want to risk disliking her. I didn't want to risk not having a connection to her. I didn't, I needed her to be a character in my mind. And she said, so she didn't meet Tanya Harding by choice because she's like, I need, in order to portray this character, I need to be her. I need to like trust Take up her all the space and just, I need to be on, I love it. She said, I need to be on her side. Yeah. Because this is such a crazy, insane situation. And she's like, I can't play it realistically if I'm making judgments of it. And you do feel that, like, you do want to root for her. You You do want to, you know, as she goes through kind of the highs and lows, the domestic violence, the violence with her mom, the just the kind of the emotional abuse that she faces from her mother. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, you do. You definitely leave the film wanting to root for her, wanting her to be okay. Um, And so I think that she, that was an, that's such an interesting choice. Mm -hmm. Wow, what a bold move to like hold that space for her and and to trust your artistry enough that you can figure can it, it out. You can do it. Yeah, I think that one of the scenes where this like reigns absolute supreme is that is the sentencing scene when the judge sentences her to, I uh-huh. think it's like two years probation and she is expelled, suspended, like barred from ever having anything to do with figure skating mm-hmm. not only comp- competing but you can't go to events you can't even go on the ice like you're you are not to even touch this sport yeah and she just starts sobbing and she's like send me to jail but let me skate yeah like send me to prison and then i can at least get on the ice mm-hmm. and i mean this is where this is how you make a character who could very easily be unsympathetic. This is how you make them a powerful lead mm-hmm. is you kind of play a game with the audience where you like make them morally question a little bit. Like what happened to Nancy Kerrigan was objectively terrible. Right. But then you have Tanya Harding. It's like, she's just here like pleading for the only thing that has ever brought her anything in life. Mm-hmm. She doesn't have a high school degree. She has no education. She has no fallback. Skating was her life and it's taken away from her. Mm-hmm. And her husband received, he received two months of community service or something and served eight months. I think it was, he served eight months and he got two years. Or he got two years. Yeah. yeah. So I also like that the film kind of gets into like 
the gender differences of like how they treated even her husband and her Mm -hmm. in this whole scheme. Well, I mean, that was really interesting. At one point she names like America, like you did this to me. And like the, the, there was kind of a questioning of the media and kind of the responsibility of people. And I think to your point, a little bit of gender, like, you know, we love to love people and we also love to hate them, especially when they have this um, popularity and this notoriety. I think you kind of, there's this intense scrutiny that happens um, and they definitely named that, which was really well done. And especially when it's a woman that doesn't fit into the characteristic roles that we accept of women. Yeah, I mean, I the other thing, too, is like the, that I left and I know we were talking about yesterday, like, oh, should she have should they have played it more of like a surprise? Like when we find out kind of how the everything went down, mm. um, they, there, it wasn't like a surprise element. Like we didn't see it from her point of view. Yeah. And it, it, thinking about it more, like I don't think they could have done that. And mm. I don't think they should have because I think, I think that is the moral questioning is, you know, I'm sure she, she was still with her husband. She, she had to have known some degree of some information. Yeah. And I think for us to kind of give her the space where she was totally innocent is yeah. not fair. Yeah. You yeah. know, so I think that's, but that's part of the great art of like, you want to root for her. You want her to feel like she didn't know anything. And yeah, um, but she fucking, I'm sure she did. <laughs> I'm sure she did. I wish we would have gotten a little bit more of Nancy Kerrigan's story. I thought that was kind of interesting. I love that we didn't. Okay. I love that we gave no space to that. And okay. it all got to be the, it all got to be the monster. Mm-hmm. It got to be the, like the bad guy. Mm-hmm. I think that having Nancy Kerrigan's story would make it very biopic bullshit. Yeah. And like. I didn't want to know. Yeah, yeah. Because she didn't she didn't do anything. Like it was literally like this was so crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, the level of like vicious competition. That's like how I would describe this movie in one word is like vicious. Yeah. It's very, it's very violent. Yes. It's very But it's also very like cheeky and like the music is great yeah. and the styling of yeah. it is great. And there's there's such attention and care given to the picture. Yeah. Um, that makes those movies or those moments that feel very vicious feel so intentionally done and, and light in a lot of ways. It is a dark comedy, I yes. think. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's a dark comedy through and through. One thing we did disagree on was the mother portrayed mm-hmm. by Allison. Jenny? Jenny? I f- always forget how to say her last name. Okay. We'll just... Allison. <laughs> She's a delight. Um, but you didn't like her so much. You know... I felt like in, I like when I, we first were introduced to her, I liked her. I liked her quips. I liked the energy that she brought. Um, but I will say when she was in scenes with Margot, I could mm. tell she was acting mm. and I could, she kind of brought me out of it in a okay. way. Um, so I felt like when I saw like Margot in scenes with her husband, like the two of them are so in it. They're so these people like, and I just didn't feel that for the mother. And I also think it might be because she, Allison, is that her name? Mm-hmm. Seems like such a nice person. I didn't believe that she was this mean. I didn't believe that she would, you know, like stab her daughter or like kick over her, you know, I just didn't believe it. You know, I almost wanted to see, I thought they did such a good job with um, Margot's makeup, her hair, like the white, she just looked, have you ever seen the Hillary Swank movie where she plays the boxer? Million Dollar Baby. Yeah. One of the best movies ever made. She, like, when you see Hilary Swank play that character, you know that she has some kind of roots of, like, 
or maybe she's just a really great actor. Like you could tell she was pulling from something so deep inside of her. And I feel like Margot did that of like, she is this white trash character. Like I fully and a thousand percent believed that she could be this person, Mm -hmm. that she could have had this experience that she was pulling from. Mm -hmm. And I didn't feel the depth of the nastiness. I thought she played it a little too light. Okay. Um, I just, I didn't believe that she would do, I felt like she was such a warm, I don't know. I couldn't see it. I don't know why. Oh my God. I totally, I like was with it a thousand percent because we never see that. We never see like, I feel like the last movie I really saw that kind of like mother to daughter abuse was Precious. Did you mm-hmm. see Precious? No. With Gaborne Saverne. Ooh, I feel like that's not how you say the last name, but um, it is gut wrenching mm-hmm. to watch. And it's so un. In some ways, it's so unnatural. Mm. If you, you know what I mean, like to see just like a mother who like hates their kids. Yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, I really loved her portrayal, but I can, I can totally. But I think that you saying. can hold like love, like it remind, like in the beginning of like who Cookie was in Empire. Did you ever watch that? Mm-hmm. And she like beats. Um, I can't remember the one boy's name, but anyway, like there's, I think sometimes women are able to hold spaces where they have the vulnerability, they have the love, but there's a bitterness to them Mm -hmm. and there's a hardness. I just didn't, I didn't believe her. We agree to disagree. Yeah. Um, something, (laughs) something else that I was kind of obsessed with was, and this is like such a great thing about like sports movies Mm -hmm. or just like the icon, the way that they were able to space out and build these iconic moments of the performances and the artistry of, you know, seeing her do the triple axel. And in my brain, the first thing that I researched was like, how do they film the skate scenes? Mm -hmm. Because my God, like, I thought they did a really good job of like showing Margot do the stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, and I guess she had never, she's from Australia. Yep. She had never skated before. Um, and she trained for five months to do this, to do this film, basically, she's like, every day. She's a physical workhorse. Yeah. For her role. It's like, for, for, to play Harley Quinn, she, like, went on, like, basically, like, a honey and lemon juice diet and, like, did Pilates oh, yeah. for, like, six hours a day to get in shape for that role. She's very committed. Yeah, she also learned, like, a bunch of the routines. I think she does, like, I think she learned five of them and was able to do them in completion without, you know, obviously some of the bigger stuff. But, yeah, the dedication to kind of understanding and learning about all that stuff. And they worked with um, Tanya Harding's choreographer, which was really oh, cool. That's amazing. Yeah. What an insight. Oh, this movie was great. I yeah, love it. it was great. What else was great about it? I feel like that's what I loved is I just love that like like knowing Margot didn't meet her before she's portrayed her was really cool and you really see that you really see like she was all in with Tanya mm-hmm. and there was no judgment she was literally there to just like portray this really complicated messy bulldog woman and I love that totally I don't really have anything other in my notes other than I thought, like, again, the men in the film who decided to take up so much space and decided not to ruin her career, but that ended up doing so. I just was like, oh, my God, here we are. Yeah. It It just felt like such a a reflection of just like the destruction of and also the like the false confidence Mm -hmm. of like this that one guy specifically who was his friend. Do you remember his name? Sean? Yes. <laughs> Who is like living with his parents and just hasn't, I mean, the ego of like a basic white man 
is something that it's not even basic. He's like just. I mean, may a total we all load. like get our confidence together. Yeah, in this well, new year. it just shows you like I don't know these two guys toppling over the most accomplished figure skater in the world. I mean, is there any other bigger and takeaway? pulling this woman down? You know, <laughs> oh, for sure. She's working so hard. She was training for the Olympics when all of this was happening. She went to the Olympics and just couldn't even, couldn't do it. It's brutal. It's a great movie. Yeah. I hope Margot gets all of the, she also produced it. I hope she gets all of the accolades. She what? Yeah, she was a producer. She started her own production company. Wow. Yeah. She's amazing. That's incredible. I yeah. did not know. Wow. To have to play that character and then play the logistics behind that character. Yeah. Oh, that's a lot of work, girl. Yeah. She really, she really went all in and she really dedicated herself to this one. So it's a great accomplishment. Wow. That's so cool. Yes. Amazing. Well, now I like it even more. Right? Here we We're go. Just getting into all the layers of all the things we liked about this film. Love it. I this love is so it. So unlike us. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. Anything else that's up and coming that you're excited to check out in theaters and see? Uh, I'm going to go see um, Star, Star Wars. Wars. <laughs> going to go check that out. That was a weird little musical. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm also now looking forward to Black Panther. Yes, finally. Yeah, it took a minute. Well, there's a lot of appropriation that happens in Hollywood, and I don't just get excited You're because nervous. they say it's good. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of bad shit that goes down in the I name of equality. I also signed us up for a contest. Oh, my God. To, to see a wrinkle in time. Yes. With Reese? Yeah. <sighs> I saw it, like, come up in my Facebook feed, and I was like, uh, yeah. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? Yeah. She would, like, hold her hand through the whole movie. Well, it's you and a friend. I'm your friend. Yeah, I know. Okay, good. No, just <laughs> now that we have proof that you said this, just so you yeah, don't who, get confused when else? you win. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, who else would I bring? Well, you're like married and you have a cat. Like, I know I'm third, so. <laughs> <laughs> Is Lucy even on the top three? I'm in with love. Oh my God. Just kick. What? She's a cat. Yeah, but she would love the Wrinkle in Time premiere. I mean. She might. I'm going to bring my cat totem to the premiere. Yep. You can put it in your purse for good luck. It'll be blessed maybe by o Reese. Maybe Oprah will. Because <gasps> she'll be there, you know? Right. I forgot about that. Are you so excited for all the promo photos from this? Like all the red carpet? All of the like, just... I feel like I have not been excited about a movie coming out like ever. Like I can't even remember the last time that I like stopped. Like even when they were releasing the new trailer, I was like, oh, I got to like put it on my calendar. Yeah, I feel like Wonder Woman was the last one for you of that. I feel like I didn't even like stock it though in the way that Yeah, you kind of like were like, we'll see. <laughs> I remember you but being But this one I feel like there's been a lot of love. I mean, we love Ava DuVernay and so oh, and we anything. love Reese yeah, and we yeah. love Oprah, so it just feels like such a culmination and and when Oprah says like be a warrior in the trailer, I mean, could she just do like a series of like warrior meditations? She probably has. Probably. This woman has 30 years of content. <laughs> I know. It's so good. I love it. Is there anything else you're looking forward to? No, I think that's it. What are you looking forward to? Mm, I mean, let's see. I don't know. I feel like I really binged a lot of stuff recently. And I don't really, I'm not like watching a show. I'm not like going to a show at the moment. Okay. So you're kind of open. I'm to open to receive, months. to figure out what, you know, what I should be watching and consuming. You know what you should watch? What? Get out. Oh my God, I'm so embarrassed. 
I'm gonna, We're gonna watch, do an episode I'm about gonna it. Watch it watch right it. now. Yeah. I'm so embarrassed. I haven't seen it. Also, we've had some uh, friends reach out about Beaver Talk. Yeah. We wanted to give a little shout out to some of our peeps. Oh, my girlfriend Jordan, who is an avid Beaver hi, Talk Jordan. fan. Hi, um, Jordan. Betty and Kent and Aaron and Diana say hi. All the way to Calgary, sending love. Um, she sent me this gorgeous Christmas card that has a beaver on the front of it. And it says, have a damn fine holiday. Too good. I almost sobbed. Too and then good. on the inside, she just wrote all these lovely things about beaver talk. And that made my heart sing. So thank you, Jordan. Um, my friend Emily also got into a huge fight with her boyfriend <laughs> because she hated the Lady Gaga movie. And he loved it. And she was like, and I listened to Beaver Talk and like, we've really got into it. And I was, and she was saying, you know, referencing Mark Ronson. She, she had watched the movie and she couldn't find out why, she couldn't figure out why she hated it. And then she felt so seen coming to that episode. Um, and I was like, if we can facilitate a fight in your life about feminism with anybody, you know, we, our work is done here. Congratulations, Emily. So, so glad that she's um, listening. Hope she continues to listen. And guys, for this new year, I would really appreciate it. We'd love it for you to write a review on iTunes. Write us some reviews, you guys. We're literally making this in a glass cage of emotion, and we don't know how we're doing, so you need to tell us. We will read them out loud. We'll give you a shout-out. Yeah. We will bring some love and uh, energy to you wherever you are. But, uh, yeah, it helps people find the show, basically, and... Uh, so you got to do it. We have zero reviews. So it looks it basically looks like we don't exist right now. Well, I think that means that we're doing great. <laughs> I think that's what that means is when you don't have any reviews, it just is like, there's nothing to say. It's great. Keep going. Yeah. No, that's not what it means. You need to review us. <laughs> Absolutely. Set it your, as your holiday intention. Awesome. Well, thanks, Diana, for, uh, enjoy, you know, putting up with all my Coca-Cola my no, bagels, just my coffee, my water. With that, go watch Get Out. Bye. Bye. Tanya parting my star. Hey guys, I'm Lissa Mandel. I'm Philip Cassell. And we're here from The, the Bitch, Bitch Seat, the podcast. It's an interview show where we talk to guests about the horrible and beautiful parts of their youth. We like to think of it as an adult talk show and tell. A grown-up show and tell. There you go. Like that. So for a teaser, here's some magnetic poetry that I wrote on my fridge when I was 12. Hit it, Phil. Dreams of whispered music felt snow white and lathered me in delirious symphonies. The ache within is black and bitter. A thousand frantic shadows scream and chant bitterly. I sleep on a lake of a thousand diamonds. You were 12? Yeah, I was way ahead of my time. Fair enough. This has been an Atlantic Transmission production. Hey!